the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. So this is not just an intellectual ascent. It's just not knowing in your mind. No, it's making that journey from your head to your heart and saying, God, I transfer the trust of my life into your hands. I understand it's not a flawless fate. I will fail you. Welcome to The Barnabas Effect with Paul Purvis, Senior Pastor of Mission Hill Church, a multicultural, multi-generational, multiplying church focused on shining the light and love of Jesus like a city on a hill. You're invited to visit any of the three locations in Temple Terrace and Tampa. For information and locations, visit missionhill.org. That's missionhill.org. Now, with today's message, here's Pastor Paul Purvis. Good morning and welcome to worship. I'm glad you've chosen to be here. And while we're gathered in this room, we have folks joining us online. We have two other campuses that are worshiping right now with us. Would you welcome them as they join us in worship as well? Take your copy of the scriptures, the Bible, God's Word, and turn with me to Romans chapter 4. That's where we're going to land in just a few minutes. And uh, this is important, whether you have an electronic copy or whether you have a paper copy, I, I want you to see that these things that I'm saying are not just thoughts that I've had, but that they represent the Word of God. Have you ever found yourself in a situation that you felt like was too good to be true? Early in our marriage, and then occasionally even in recent years, Kimberly and I have, um, we tried to take advantage of the timeshare presentation. Raise your hands if you've ever been through a timeshare presentation, you know. So sometimes you can get good things by doing these timeshare presentations. You might get a few days of vacation or a special gift. One of our favorite ones uh, was in New York City. And man, they put us up in this very nice place. And then of course, when you go in for the presentation, it is nice. And I mean, they're just talking to you, telling you how you can't afford not to do this. I mean, you, you're sitting there in the room and it looks so good. You've got to do, it's going to save you money if, if you buy into this. It, and it really seems too good to be true. And, and I've experienced that throughout my life. And it's been pretty easy for me to say no at the end of the presentation and just walk home with my parting gift. But at this presentation in New York City, not only was it nice, and not only did it seem too good to be true, as I was listening to the presentation, I couldn't get over the last name of the guy that was trying to sell us. It was the same last name as the guy that I knew as the actor who played Jesus in The Passion of the Christ. And so I was thinking the whole time, you just wait, I'm going to turn this on you. And so he gets through his about 80 minutes of his 90-minute presentation, and he's trying to come in for the hard sell, and we say no. But I say, hey, by the way, I've noticed your last name is the same last name as the guy who played Jesus in The Passion of the Christ, the movie. His name's Jim Caviezel. Are you any relation to him? 
He said, that's my brother. I said, no way. He pulls out his cell phone and he begins to flip through all the pictures of him and that famous actor. And I'm thinking, oh no, not only did I not turn this into a gospel conversation, not only does this seem too good to be true, now I've got to say no to the brother of Jesus. How am I ever going to do this? (laughs) Too good to be true. Yeah, I, I tell you another time that I felt like it was too good to be true. It was in a church building about 29 years ago. I was standing down at the front. I saw my bride start walking down the aisle. I was thinking, how in the world did I manage this? I am one lucky guy, just too good to be true. You've got moments like that in your life. I think that way as well when I think about my faith. Man, I look at my life and... I think about the ways I've failed God. I think about the different times I've let him down. And then I I hold on to the scripture and I think about the promise of heaven and I say, man, this, this is just too good to be true. And a lot of times in our faith journey, that's what keeps us from trusting God with the simple truth of scripture. It seems too good to be true. So instead of embracing it, we just create things that we think make more sense. That's what we're going to talk about today from Romans. Now, I want to remind you, when we began this study a few months ago in Romans chapter 1, we began to talk about the gospel because this entire book, Paul's letter to the church at Rome, is a book about soteriology, the study or the knowledge of, of salvations, things that lead us to salvation. Um, I, I remind you in Scripture, when we talk about salvation... Though our relationship with God takes place in an instant and it begins once for all, the reality is there are kind of three stages to our salvation. First is our justification. And that's really what we speak about when we talk about being saved. We're justified. It's it's just as if we've never sinned. We're made right with God in an instant. That's our justification. And and so really something you need to think about is... um, Have you been made right with God? So have you experienced salvation? Have you been justified? And if so, um, you probably need to think about what is that based on? So sometimes we would ask a question like this in, in talking about our faith. We would say, if you were standing before God in heaven and he said, why should I let you into my heaven? What would you say? And I've heard all kind of answers, and usually they sound something like this. Usually somebody says, well, I, I really try to do my best. I, I read the scriptures, or I go to church. I, I, I'm try to be a good person. Sometimes an individual will say, well, you, if you put my life on a scale, of course I've got bad, and of course I've got some good. But I think in the end, the good would, would outweigh the bad, and, and God would say, come on in. And maybe that's the way you think, or maybe you say when I ask, have you been saved, and are you justified, and maybe you're thinking about, I have prayed a prayer seven times, I've prayed that prayer at the end of service, or, or I, I walk down an aisle, or I've been baptized, and rebaptized and, and rebaptized, or, or maybe it's because you went through church class, or catechism, or confirmation, and, and you're thinking about all these things that you've done. What we're going to see today is that that does not justify you. That does not save you. None of those things. 
So we're going to clarify that. But that's justification. And and then there's sanctification. That's that next phase. If you are a follower of Christ, if you're saved, this is what you're in. You're being sanctified. You're, You're being made more like Christ. So we're never supposed to stay back as we were. We're in this process of being transformed into the image of God. We have the image of God in us. We were created in his image, but as we follow after Christ, we look more and more like Jesus. That's the intent. That's sanctification. Until one day, we will be glorified. That's glorification. That's the final stage of salvation. That's when we all get to heaven. I mean, that's when we see Jesus face to face. Aren't you thankful that one day this old world will end and as followers of Jesus Christ, we will be glorified. Aren't you grateful for that? <laughs> Yesterday, we had Miss Marietta McKenzie's funeral. She lived to be just over 100. And um, man, can you think of all that she experienced in 100 years? I mean, that blows my mind. Just think of... The change that cell phones have made. She saw that in her. I mean, when she started out, it was like, uh, hey, Maude, can you connect me over to the people next? I mean, everything's changed for her. She saw the rise of televisions, and now you can look at television in the palm of your hand. She saw a lot. But in that instant, because she had a relationship with Christ, she saw Jesus face to face. She experienced glorification, that final stage of salvation. And all throughout the book of Romans, we see this talked about, this idea of salvation. And we learn that we're saved because the gospel gives us that kind of opportunity. And so all throughout The book of Romans, we hear about this thing called the gospel. In fact, we had to learn what the gospel was. You remember that? The gospel is good news from God about the death of Jesus that has great power for salvation to everyone who believes. And it shows us the simple way to be right with God, which is faith. Say faith. That's what it takes to be right with God. Sounds too good to be true, right? It can't be that easy. Yet that's what we're going to hear over and over and over again. And so Paul, in writing this letter to the church at Rome, he says, I'm going to tell you what, I am not ashamed of the gospel. It's the power of God for the salvation of everyone who believes. Not everyone who goes through all the motions, not everyone who goes to church, not, not everyone who puts something in the offering plate, not everybody that's been baptized. Everyone who believes, first for the Jew, then for the Gentile. And and so, man, as we're studying this, what we've got to decide is, are we ashamed of the gospel? And so I I gave you this picture that just helps you understand a simple way that you can talk about your faith with other people. Remember that picture? It reminded us first that we're all on level ground at the foot of the cross. I mean, all of us are created equal, separated from God's love. You might hear somebody say we're all God's children. Nope. That's not biblical. We're we're not. We were all created by God, but we're separated from him because of sin in our life. And that means no matter who you are, if you put your life on that scale, the bad is always enough to keep you from the presence of God. Hi, I'm Paul Purvis, the lead pastor of Mission Hill Church right here in Tampa Bay. Thanks for taking the time to listen 
to today's The Barnabas Effect. It's a ministry intended to encourage, equip, and empower you. You may not know this, but this ministry is made possible because of the generosity of listeners like you. We are able to be on the air because listeners like you are gracious and give to this ministry. Would you consider making a gift today? It would be our honor to send you a gift, a resource, as a result of your gift of any size. And you can make that gift by going to missionhill.org and clicking on the banner that says The Barnabas Effect. That will direct you to a simple way that you can give right there online. Thanks again for listening to The Barnabas Effect today. And now we continue with our message. But God, he doesn't want to be separated from us. And so the God of the universe sent his son to be the king of all kings, the one who can rule and reign over everyone, the one who can make a decision that even though we're guilty, we can be made right with him. Jesus, the king of kings, he died on the cross. And because of his death, the Bible teaches, we then can be made right with God. Isn't that good news, church? Don't you celebrate that today, that in spite of who we are, in spite of what we've been through, we can be made right with God. But there's a problem. The problem is we don't like the simplicity of that message. It seems too good to be true. And so we come up with things that make more sense, like our religious intent. And our design. And we live, even in spaces like this, we live as if the things we do are what makes us right with God. But it never works. Because we never can do enough. Or we never be good enough. In Romans chapter 3, as we edge our way toward where we're going to land in a moment... The Apostle Paul reminds us that there's no one righteous, not even one. He goes on to say there's no one who understands. There's no one who even truly seeks God. Then he goes on to say all have turned away. They've become worthless. There's no one that does good, not even one. And then he summarizes it in verse 23 when he says, For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. But God... The message of Scripture is that even in spite of our sin, God loves us so much that he takes care of everything we need through Jesus, even when we don't deserve it. It's almost too good to be true, isn't it? It's hard to believe. Romans 3 ends with these words. You're justified. Remember how I talked about being justified. You're justified freely by his grace through the redemption that came by Christ Jesus. God presented him as a sacrifice of atonement through faith in his blood. And he did this to demonstrate his justice because in his forbearance, he had left the sins committed beforehand unpunished. This sounds like amazing news. But it sounds too good to be true. And so for 2,000 years, those who would look to Jesus have wrestled with this idea that how can a holy of God who demands so much and whose wrath we see throughout the Old Testament, how could he act in such a gracious way toward us sinners? And if you look to the life of Jesus, that's what got him into trouble. 
Remember when, when Jesus came, he didn't spend all his time in, in this kind of place. He spent most of his time with those that seemed like unlikely suspects. Just listen to Luke 15, 1. Now the tax collectors and the sinners were all gathering around to hear him. But the Pharisees and the teachers of the law muttered, This man welcomes sinners and eats with them. What must it have been like if, if you would have been one of those unusual suspects that Jesus hung out with? A sinner. Someone looked down upon by society. Think you'd be grateful? You think as you experience the love of Jesus, the love of God, you'd begin to say, this can't be real. It's too good to be true. See, the Apostle Paul knew that this idea of God's grace made available to us through faith, he knew that this idea would seem so out of this world that, that we would need to be reminded again and again and again. So that's what he begins to address in chapter 4. So I want you to follow along with me to make sure you know that I'm telling the truth. I would encourage you to find something to jot down some of these nuggets of spiritual gold with. Just so that you remember what's taking place in this moment. And let's just walk through this passage of scripture. Because there's really only one point. That I want you to get today. Let's start in verse 1. What then shall we say. That Abraham. Our forefather. Discovered in this matter. So remember how chapter 3 ended. Chapter 3 said hey. Man. <laughs> you're never going to be good enough. Because nobody's good. All have sinned. And so Jesus. Jesus shed his blood. He died. To make up for your unrighteousness. But Paul talking to a primarily Jewish audience says, let's call as our first witness somebody you all know, Abraham. And every student of the scriptures then and now would have heard of Abraham. In fact, the Jewish people kind of idolized Abraham. It was even taught in their scriptures that Abraham had reached perfection and that his relationship with God came as a result of his righteousness that he had attained. Father Abraham. There's even a song about that. Do you remember it? Sing it if you know it. Father Abraham had many sons. Many sons had Father Abraham. And I am one of them. And so are you. So let's just praise the Lord. Right. No, 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 we're not going to do all that. Father Abraham, man, this well-known figure upon which the faith had, had been built. Wasn't he righteous? Didn't he do this in his own strength? Couldn't he be good enough? Notice what he goes on to say. Verse 2. If in fact Abraham was justified by works, he had something to boast about. But not before God. He's just saying something that makes sense. If it's good works, what would we do? If it's good works, we would walk around going, look at me, the holy strut. We, we would make it all about ourselves. 
And, and so Paul, and this Paul, me, I, I'm, I'm trying to help you understand that that's why it can't be about what we do. Because if we're saying it's about how good we are, if that's what my salvation is based on, on how much I've been at church and how much I've followed the rules, then I'm really making it all about me, not about him. Paul would explain this further in Ephesians chapter 2. You know this verse, for by grace you have been saved through faith. It's not from yourself. It is the gift of God. Not by works so that no one will boast. Same things he says here. For we are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared for us in advance to do. So we're going to do good, but that's not what gets us this relationship with God. So back to Romans 4. So what does the scripture say? Abraham believed God and it was credited to him as righteousness. We're going to get to the last part of that in a second. But I want to point out the first part of that verse because this is something that all of you need to write down. You need to underline that verse. You need to circle it. You need to highlight it. And then you need to live by this question. Are you ready? What do the scriptures say? Let's say that together. What do the scriptures say? I want you to understand that should be your guide. Remember what we learned last week? We've got the directions. We've got the book. We don't have to wonder what God thinks about the issues that we're facing in our culture. We just have to open the Bible. We don't make decisions based on the prevailing fads of the day or the personal feelings that we have. We make decisions based on the perfect word of God. And parents and grandparents... If you would make a decision to lead out that way in your home, man, that would make a difference. You're not helping to guide your children or your grandchildren based on what all their friends are doing or based on what is popular, based on how it makes you feel in the moment. No, you're asking, what does the scripture say? So Paul is saying, hey, we're talking about salvation, specifically the moment of justification. What makes you right with God? Is it being religious like you think Abraham was? And then he says, what does the scripture say? And then this verse. To Abraham, he believed in God and it was credited to him as righteousness. What do the scriptures say? A lot of you know the story of Abraham, but just in case you don't, let me take you back. You can go all the way back to Genesis. And really, his story really gets gets going about Genesis uh, chapter 12. And in Genesis chapter 12, what we discover is that uh, Abraham, called Abram at this time, is just a regular guy. And in fact, we're introduced to him because he's the son of his dad. And his dad, by the way, was a polytheist. That means he worshipped a lot of different gods. And so he, he was certainly not a, a, a tall character in our faith. But in, in chapter 12 it says, Then the Lord said to Abram, Go from your country and your people and your father's household to the land I will show you. And I will make you into a great nation. And I will bless you. And I will make your name great. And you will be a blessing. And I will bless those who bless you. And whoever curses you will I curse. And all the peoples of the earth will be blessed through you. So Abram went as the Lord told him. And so as we're introduced to Abraham, what we find out is from the beginning of our introduction... He's listening to what God says to do. 
and he's responding in faith. Now, why is that so important? Well, it's important because faith has always been a part of following after God. Today, a lot of folks will say in the Old Testament, people responded by the law. And in the New Testament, they respond by faith with God's grace. But the reality is it's always been a faith response. But did that mean that Abram was some super follower of God? Well, not exactly. Do you know what happens in this same chapter in in Genesis chapter 12? The the Bible says that Abram's on his journey and he and Sarah come to this kingdom where they're afraid of what the king will do. And so Abram looks to his wife and he said, all right, here's what we're going to do. You tell the king that you're my sister. And if he thinks you're pretty, then, then you go with him and you can be with him. You've been listening to The Barnabas Effect with Pastor Paul Purvis. The Barnabas Effect is here to provide listeners like you with biblical truth and spiritual encouragement. But it can't be done without your financial support. Go to missionhill.org and click on the Give tab. Your financial support helps us reach those seeking truth about God and themselves. Thank you for giving at missionhill.org. Be encouraged by The Barnabas Effect with Pastor Paul Purvis. Weekdays at 9 a.m. on Faith Talk Tampa. Online at letstalkfaith.com. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.